Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I'm going to quote from Neville's talk, Christ in Man. Christ is the reality, the God that is in man. It is he who breaks down the dividing wall between himself and man and makes of the two one new man. Is this all done on the other side of the veil, or is there something that we can do on this side of that dividing wall? In this lecture, Neville shows us what can be done on this side to break down the wall, to pierce the veil. Neville goes on to share a story from a friend. I won't get into all the details of the man's story, but it's about a dream he had. In the dream, he had no problem at all manifesting new things, lovely states, but he struggled at changing the past, at revision. He did eventually succeed in the dream. Neville says that one sure way to break down the wall is revision. And revision is imagining. We're all imagination, our consciousness. Neville says revision is repentance. It's the forgiveness of sin for our own sins and those of others. It's not the sin that we were taught in church. And if you didn't go to church, you, I'm sure you heard about you know, what we called sin back in the day. You probably had a friend or a family member try to save you. There's no one up in heaven with scales weighing our sins against the good that we do. To sin simply means to miss the mark. We have a desire, a goal in life, but we fail. We come up short. That's sinning. We missed the mark. When we hear of someone who's sinning, missing the mark, we revise. That's what Neville says to do. Revise what we've heard about them. If you know something that's not so great about a person, Neville says, know them differently. <laughs> Imagine differently for them, seeing them in the state that they've been trying to embody. When we do that, we have forgiven them. And the Bible says the only way forgiveness is even possible is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Well, JC is our own imagination. We have to let the old state die, whether it's one of ours or a state that we see a seeming other in. We have to let that old state die. And we do that by moving the seeming other or ourselves into the state of our wish fulfilled. The old state has to die so the new state can be resurrected, so it can be brought out of the tomb of our mind. In this lecture, Neville says that it seems Christ and man are two, but once the wall is broken down, the two become one, and then there is only Christ, only awakened imagination. He says, now listen carefully to what you can do on this side of the veil to break down that wall between the two and make of two one new man. Jesus came into the world preaching the gospel of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe my testimony for all the promises of God have found their fulfillment in me. Believe my gospel, my good news and repent to have a radical way of thinking for the 
story of Christianity is to conquer by forgiveness, and forgiveness tests man's ability to enter into and partake of the nature of the opposite. When you see anything in a dilapidated state, it is a past state, old and fixed. So you revise it, do it and do it and do it, he says, until you succeed in letting go of the past and seeing what you wish in its place. Persist and persist and persist until you can actually let it go. The wall or veil becomes thinner as we practice repentance, revision. I've been asked a number of times about revision, many times about revision and what's possible. Is it possible to actually revise the past? I've heard folks online talking about it, you know, people that teach from Neville, and they say that revision is only uh, changing the way you feel, changing your reactions, that you can't really change the past. Well, you can change the past, and uh, I know from experience that you can. I was the same way. Early on, I thought the past was set, permanent, unchangeable. I thought that the best I could do was revise how I felt about something that happened, revise a reaction. Listen, revising how you feel about it, revising the reaction, that's wonderful too, because it's how we feel about something that matters. That's where the power is. Remember, feeling is the secret. So for those who insist that revision only changes how we feel about the past and not the actual events, they're still moving into a different state because they're changing how they feel. And when we change how we feel, the feeling must bring about a change in state. So that's cool if you just focus on changing how you feel about it or changing your reaction, but you can change the past. The things in what we call the past are only still here in our present moment because we choose to throw a chain around them and drag them with us. So when people ask me, can you revise the past through revision? I say yes. Now, if I had said that a few years ago, I would have been guessing. I would have just been parroting Neville, just saying what he said. It isn't, or it wasn't until I had one experience and then another and another that I could finally say with certainty, yes, the past can be revised. Let me give you an example. About a year ago, I began wondering, what if my parents had taught me the power of imagination when I was younger? So as I sat in my chair, I put myself back in my bedroom that I had as a young teen. And I saw my dad standing in the doorway in front of me, and he handed me a book. I didn't look at the book, but I felt it in my hand. And I looked at my dad's face just as he looked nearly 40 years ago. And I heard him say, Michael, you can change your life with your imagination. And I opened my eyes and went on with my day. Less than two weeks later, I was visiting my parents at their house. My dad has a nice-sized workshop in the backyard with a large roll door, rolling door in the front and the same type of door in the back of the shop. So you could walk from the very back patio through the shop to get to the uh, first back patio. <laughs> so that day I was visiting with mom and dad and we were chatting as we walked from the back through the shop. And I looked down at the table saw 
and sitting there on top of the saw was a book all about the power of the mind. <laughs> I could tell it was an old book. The cracks and crinkles on the cover were proof of that, and the pages were dark, dark yellow from the age of the book, and the copyright was in the early 1960s. It was all about the power of imagination. And as I thumbed the, through the pages, I could see my dad's notes throughout the book. In his handwriting, and in the very back of the book, he'd even written out steps to take, steps, things to do daily. And one of them was to sit down and close his eyes and see himself living the life he wants. And he wrote down what those goals were, what he wanted. And I picked up the book and showed dad. And I said, hey, you were reading this even before I was born. And he said, very matter of factly, like, like I should know this already. Well, yeah, I was. <laughs> now, my parents listened to my podcast. And as he's listening to this right now, he's probably thinking that, well, Mike's crazy. Because I've been reading, I read that book back in the 60s, way before he was born. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I revised it. Neville stresses that the more we practice revision, we chip away at the wall. Nothing in what you call your past is fixed and permanent. You hear me? Nothing in what you call your past is fixed and permanent, unless you want it to be. But whether it's fixed and permanent or malleable, it's still only imagination, <laughs> consciousness. What you call your past, those old states, they're dead. The only reason they keep coming back to life is because you refuse to stop breathing life into them. You continue looking backward, performing CPR on those old states. Hey, I've done that. <laughs> Boy, have I done that. I continued to hold on to past events, former states, and by doing that, I tainted any state that I wanted to embody now. I've heard from folks telling me all the reasons why they can't be successful now, why they can't manifest the life they want. They'll tell me, I want to be successful at this or that, but what about my past? They'll say, I've never been good with money, so how can I possibly be financially free? I grew up poor. I never had a high-paying job. Or they'll tell me that I failed too many business ventures in the past. There's no way I can do this again. And men are pigs. They only want one thing and they'll do anything to get it. Or they'll tell me I've caused too much hurt. I don't deserve anything better in life. And my son's condition is incurable. The doctors say there's nothing they can do. How will he make it in life like this? Even after I was healed, I still held on to things that I thought were set. And since I carried that belief with me, every new state I expressed still had that as part of it. I'd have a great win, something wonderful would happen, but in the back of my mind, I was still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Something's going to go wrong, and I'll have to imagine for that too. Because, <laughs> you know, if something good happens, there has to be something bad, right? That's what we're taught. So I tainted those lovelier states I wanted to embody by holding on to my past and refusing to let go of them. Stop condemning yourself. Neville says, God is not condemning man. 
for they are only states, and we must learn to distinguish between the occupant of the state and the state he or she occupies. Revision is repentance, and revision results in repeal. When you revise a memory that is fixed, you have repealed it. You have that power. Test it by bringing a seemingly hopeless case before your mind's eye and revise it. Persist in revising it until you can let go of it by feeling the breath of relief because it's done. If tomorrow does not bring in the confirmation or next week, wait, for it is done. And in a way that no one on earth could devise, it will come into your world and you will see the results of what you did. So tonight, begin to practice the art of repentance, for everything can be redeemed. Now, repentance is not to feel remorseful or regretful. I don't care what you've done. You don't have to feel remorseful about it. You had to do it because of the state you were in at the time. Repentance is practicing the art of moving into the opposite state. You don't feel sorry for yourself or wallow on some weeping wall when you repent. Your sins may be as scarlet, but through repentance they shall be white as snow. It doesn't matter what a man has ever done, because he is only expressing a state. So I ask everyone to practice revision. Revise the past. I don't care what it is. Revise it, and the past will conform to your dream of what it ought to have been and appear before you. Then, the new man will rise within you, and it will no longer be you and Christ, but only Christ. Revise for others, too. There's no other. There's only God or consciousness. So as you revise for them, you're revising for yourself. The Bible tells us as you forgive, you are forgiven. As you imagine lovingly for others, you are imagining lovingly for yourself. In the story from Neville's friend in that lecture, the man has a dream in which he hears a voice screaming from within, I am God. I am self-contained. I am self-sufficient. And Neville picks up in the lecture. He says, right now, that same voice is screaming in the depth of your soul. It hasn't stopped since the beginning of time, but the wall is too thick for you to hear it. But when the wall becomes very thin, you will hear it. He heard the words as the wall was breaking, making of the two one new man, thus bringing peace. That's what you're told in the second chapter of Ephesians. I bring peace by breaking down the wall that separates the two. You're already hearing that voice within you. I know you are, because you wouldn't be listening to this episode if you haven't already felt that wall thinning within you. I love you. I'm feeling twisty. 